Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on today's episode, we're talking about children's television with the other half of Shenanigans podcast, Marie. Stop, everybody! I am so glad to be talking to you again. You're my favorite person in the whole entire world. Whoa. I don't even think my mom says that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Most people don't know. You know, uh, I was on your podcast a few months ago. We have become best friends like that scene in Step Brother. Like, did we just become best friends? Yes. (laughs) Um, And we haven't been stopped messaging each other since we've been on each other's podcast. Um, And I'm glad to have you here because this... You're blending all parts of my life, my nanny career life, my nerd life, my podcast life. I mean, I was pretty excited when I received the email from you asking to come on to the show because I really am just a TV nerd, a hardcore. I I really love television. I've loved television ever since I think I burst out of the womb. Uh, I just... I get so excited because so many shows that I watched as a kid are like boomeranging back. The reboots. The re- Well, not even the reboots. I, I mean, I didn't feel like I was going to get into this so quick, but I have a Disney Plus subscription, as everyone should, and fucking dinosaurs are back. Did you see oh, that? No, I saw, I did see that. So that's what you've been obsessing and nerding on is, is dinosaurs? I've been rewatching dinosaurs, which... As a child, you think it's really funny, but as an adult, you're like, this show's fucked up. And the ending is completely, the whole, the whole series ending is complete. It's kind of like SpongeBob in the whole episode where he swears. Now mm-hmm. that you look at it as an adult, you're like, holy shit, I know exactly what SpongeBob was saying. And that Dude. was not good. <laughs> Dude, Sailor Mouth is one of the best episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants ever. Um, I mean, I still use the phrase sentence enhancers. I mean, that is like the best thing in the world. It's like, it's like, they're not bad words. They're sentence enhancers. I think the biggest thing is that most of my conversations have at least like one television or movie reference in them. I don't think, and like my little sister and I can hold conversations simply with Simpsons quotes. Like we, we don't have to speak in anything else. That's how I was with kids. Like parents would be like, how, how did you get through to them? I'm like, I speak their language. That's I what you have to do. Speak the nerd. If you don't know your superheroes, I'm sorry. The only way to get on their level is to know all the superheroes, know all the dinosaurs, um, and, get and- on their level and watch what they're watching. And that's exactly it. And I always joke. I'm like, I'm researching for my job. So like, (laughs) I would turn on Nick Jr. And I'd be like, shit, where are the bubble guppies up to this season? You know, like I get like really excited. And plus that show has an amazing soundtrack. I get talking about this on your podcast. Like I love bubble guppies. And then I get like, I don't know. There's certain shows because I know we've like, already dived into this a little bit but there are certain shows on nick jr where i'm kind of like are we really trying are like we really trying to write no because 95 percent of it is like bullshit kind of filler crap which that's that's all it is and it's kind of like you have and i know it's it's very similar to when you would go onto abc or nbc and they all have their anchor shows 
You know what I mean? Like the good shows and then you have the filler shit. Exactly. And children's television is exactly that. You have PBS and you have Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and Disney Channel. They all have their anchor shows. And then you have the fringe. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is a fringe show because I just lost 20 brain cells. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I can't. The perfect example is, okay, you've got Bluey. And then you got Puppy Pals. Like, Mm. how much crap? Like, if I had to choose between the two, we all, uh, first off, I'm going to warn everybody, everyone on this damn podcast, if you've listened to all these episodes, you know I have an obsession with Louie. I'm sorry that you have to listen to my obsession with Louie. Louie's freaking awesome. And he's from Australia. That's all I watch is Louie. And here's the thing. It has my husband laughing like he watches The Office. Because 95% of the time, it's just, it's so relatable parent-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love me some Bluey. That's- I mean, but that's the thing. It's like you have these shows like Bluey, but then you go on to Nickelodeon and their clear anchor show is Paw Patrol. Yeah. Like that's clearly what their anchor show is. And then you have all of these little fringe shows that you're kind of like, wow, they're really phoning this in. and. Yeah. That's kind of where I get irritated with children's television. And I know when, like, Shannon and I were kids, everybody had shows that were just mind-numbing. Yeah. And you literally just had to turn your brain off. And it was that was the whole thing. And then you had other shows like Sesame Street where you're learning something. Now, I feel like ch- children's TV shows, just like adult TV shows, they have a certain purpose. And I am a great just i i love television shows where i don't have to think i don't, don't want to yeah. think and like i will re-watch shows and still laugh like it's brand new and the office is one of them like hell i was just watching office reruns the office is one of them the simpsons like all kinds of different friends shows yeah. i've seen a million times where you know you know what's gonna happen but it's like almost like wrapping yourself up in a nice blanket and being like, I'm so comforted by this show and it makes me feel good. And I feel like kids shows, there are only certain ones that like stick in my head where I'm like, Oh yes, this is a show where I have like really warm memories of. And I'm sure kids like today, kids these days. We sound um, so old, right? And the kids I, these days, get off my lawn. Back in my day, we had I to, know. We had You're to not wait getting your frisbee back, you SOB. <laughs> my favorite is is trying to explain to my to my nanny kids at the time, like that, you know, commercials, you couldn't fast forward through them. And then if you you couldn't record a show. So yeah. if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're screwed. We didn't binge watch. You had to wait a whole week or a whole you know however long till they got their crap together and made a new season or the network aired it um they have it good now and i think that's kind of where parents are right now is they're so overwhelmed i mean we've got netflix we've got hulu we've got pbs we've got nick jr we've got the disney disney plus you've got disney plus disney Jr. you've got so many choices and throw a COVID pandemic on top. And now parents are like, all right, we have ingested so much TV. We don't know what to do. But at the same time, we need to survive. If my kid is going to be stuck watching this much TV, what the hell should we be giving them? What options should we be giving them? Um, 
and I both both of us can attest we've been watching a shit ton of TV and oh, children's yeah. TV the last year. Um, I went into becoming a mom saying, "Oh no, we're not going to do TV. We're not. No, I had I have no childcare. It's me and Andy. It's a WWE match tag team every day. Um, and in the morning when he was still going back to work, I mean, I had her in October. COVID didn't start till March, so January, February when he had gone back to work for those first few months." We were up and I needed coffee and I needed my arms free to answer messages because I still was running TGON on my own. And um, I had parents calling, you know, still wondering, hey, when are you going back to work? So I needed my hands free and to entertain her and Sesame Street was it. And once we got in a routine of, okay, you're going to get Sesame Street in the morning, that was kind of the way. I know it's not what we're taught. And as nannies, that's kind of we're shamed upon by, oh, you're not supposed to. As a parent, we all need tips to survive. We have now been watching a crap ton. My daughter now has her favorites. It's kind of cool to see what is her favorites. Because just like nanny kids, some of them attach to the weirdest things. Oh, God, yes. Marvel's obsessions first started out with Sesame Street and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. We quickly moved on to Bluey and have been very obsessed with Bluey. But we've recently got really attached to Daniel Tiger and basically any farm animal that may be a horse or a cow. That's I what's mean, going on in their house. Those are strong choices for for a little one, man. I'm telling you, that's not those aren't bad. I mean, she no. could be yelling about other shows. I'd take Bluey and Spirit and Daniel Tiger any day. Plus, I have to say I have a bias with Daniel Tiger because I am from Pittsburgh. So Mr. Rogers, he's he's from here. Yeah. So but- I'm, I'm 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 pro Mr. Rogers. And now I have to say, when I was a child, Mr. Rogers was one of the most boring shows I've ever watched in the history of my life. Yeah. As an adult, I am captivated. Yeah. Um, I love when he visits the crayon factory. I really get psyched about it. And when one of my nanny kids recently said, how do crayons get made? And I was like, YouTube. Bingo, best day of my life. We get to watch my favorite video. I was so pumped. So it's just, it's very interesting to kind of see where parents are in this conflict. Because it is a conflict that they're in. They're like, ah, I don't want my kids watching TV all the time. In addition, a lot of kids are in front of the screen anyways because they're doing online learning. Yeah, so it's so screen, screen, screen. You you can't really, this is a no-win situation. The entire world is just in shambles right now. And it is, like Shannon, it's about survival. You have to survive. And if that means your kid is going to watch television, so what? But there are certain shows that I kind of be like, maybe don't like yeah save yours yeah save yourself if you can skip by and and not ever have to go in to dive into them let's save you that worry of of diving in are there shows that you remember as a kid that you absolutely love that maybe nobody kind of has heard of for me it was I don't know if you remember Eureka's Castle Hell freaking yes. Usually when I say that, yeah, everyone's like, castle. right? And the top, <laughs> oh my God. It was my they favorite. Turned, they turned that thing. They yeah, turned turn the key and the big giant. Oh, and the bat. The yes. That was my favorite. Yeah. I and remember, you, okay. Gullagala Island too. That was like the Gullagala. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gullagala Island. Well, I remember with Eureka's Castle. This is really dating me. 
Pizza Hut or Burger King, one of them had Eureka's Castle puppets. It was Burger King. Was it Burger King? Okay, yeah. because I had them. Yep. And that shit was amazing. That I, was, I, they I won't even Eureka. have it. Now, see, those are the shows that I wish we could get, like, reruns on. Yeah. It, you like, can't really, I mean, you can get like crappy YouTube versions. They don't even have not... YouTube. I've tried to Google this one. You cannot, you can Ooh. get the theme song, but you cannot get any episodes. It's kind of like Lamb Chop. Like it kind of pisses me off about it. Like oh I, my God. I miss my, Lamb Chop. My little sister was obsessed with Lamb I, Chop. Yeah, that was me. Obsessed. Obsessed. I, I remember my mom was a childcare director for years and years. Shocker that I became a nanny. Right. Um, <laughs> so I remember she got sent from Nickelodeon the first, like the pilot episode of Blue's Clues <gasps> on VHS. Yep. And this was before it came on to Nickelodeon. They must have sent it out to all these like educators. And I remember watching it. And that was the first episode ever with Steve because Steve yeah. was the original. No, and, and and all the other versions after are not as good. No, Joe's an asshole. I never liked Joe. No. Steve like, I, is the original. Now my baby brother was that generation. That was okay. my that was what I was stuck watching. Teletubbies, Barney, yes. and Blues Clues. That was I'm like, not gonna lie. Series. I was I was all in on Teletubbies. That's Teletubbies I don't, I think it confused me. And now as an adult, I think, okay, what the hell were they smoking when they created something that? Something good. Obviously. Something good. Here's a throwback. Let's see if you remember this one. Bananas in pajamas. Ah, yes. Bananas in pajamas. There's a French series in the 80s called Tele Francais that people used in French classes. And they have a little segment called uh, Je suis une anana, which means I am a pineapple. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. that's, amazing. that's amazing yeah that's a few things i remember from high school and my french um thankfully cirque made me keep up my french so i uh yeah but yeah just sweet is um, i am a pineapple in that's that's awesome now i remember we because my family didn't have cable like yep. back in the day so we had you know pbs so we always had like the sesame street we had mr rogers like i said but we also i, I just i remember whenever we did get cable i was a little bit older but it was right when uh the nicktoons started and so i remember doug rugrat yep. Um, what was it? Ren and Stimpy. Yep. Those are all, yeah, those are all what I grew up on. And that's yeah. kind of where the parents get in the argument, you know, like, oh, well, we watch TV and look how we turned out. Yeah. That's what we were watching. And how educational was that? You guys? Yeah, that's, and that's what really makes me laugh is because I remember watching, you know, Rugrats and Doug, and I feel like, hey, Arnold, like, came a little yeah. bit later. Mm -hmm. Rocket Power, um, you know, all those kind of, like, things. But those cartoons, as you rewatch them as an adult, because I was fortunate enough to get a box set of Rugrats at Target for a bargain of a price, and I rewatched them, and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> they're really, they're like a lot of it went way over our heads. Way over our heads, like super over our heads. And then the same goes for, you remember the show All That? Oh yeah. Okay. So All That, Pete and Pete, Hey Dude, um, Salute Your Shorts. Your shorts. 
Yeah. All of those shows where you're watching them and like as a child, you're just watching the slapstick kind of thing or they're saying like poop or you know yeah. fart or whatever like Clarissa I remember Ferguson he's such a nerd but like you rewatch it and you're like oh my god like the stuff coming out of their mouths it's and our this- parents let us watch it that yes. was the thing that and I think that's the thing as parents become have become more aware of what they're giving their kid like what are you watching and I think that's what I did as a parent, you know, as a nanny, it was like, yeah, sure. Watch whatever you want. Yes. I didn't know what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. I wasn't that yeah. kind of nanny and let you just watch whatever the hell you wanted. I was the first to tell the parents, no, you're not taking the kids to go see Deadpool. You no, no, <laughs> I don't know what the, no, yeah, stay Dead, at home. Deadpool's probably not the best choice for a child. No, uh, <laughs> but you know now as a mom i'm like marvel i really no no i don't want you watching this like if you're gonna sit there and watch something i'm gonna give you something at least educational or something with substance and value please and i think too a lot of it is knowing your kid and i know for me when i was a kid yeah i needed the educational things However, I needed the things that where I could just shut my brain off. Brain off, yeah. And that is like the mindless television. Like you still, the mindless television has a place. It just can't be the thing that blankets everything over. And I feel like that's the problem is the mindless shows are the ones that are kind of taking over. Yeah, they're getting the big franchise treatment. Whereas the other ones, I mean, here's the thing. You go and look at Bluey toys. You go look at Daniel Tiger toys and those kind of toys. There's nothing. Peppa oh. Pig, Blue's Clues, all those. They have tons. Yeah. I mean, Coco Melon, which is a whole nother story. I don't. Oh, my no, God. No, I'm not a fan Lord. of that one. I'm uh, not a fan. I have kind of just stuck with my with my childhood favorites. I have loved Sesame Street and mm-hmm. Daniel Tiger because those seem to be like, okay, we can both enjoy them. And Bluey, like I said, I told you. I think I told you. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks, Nanny Community, for screwing me over with Bluey. I had never known about Bluey until I, I had my I was, own kid. I was late to the game on Bluey, too. And I think it's because, I don't know. I don't really, I, I, I don't know. I just really don't invest in what's hot, I guess. I yeah. like the tried and trues, like the Sesame Street. That's just kind of like, you know what you're going to get. I think that's why I like it. It's like, there's no surprises with Sesame Street, but also even if you go back into like the vault, they've always had like a hint of like, we know mom and dad are watching this. So we're trying to keep mom and dad engaged. It's the same like when you read a kid a book. If mom and dad are annoyed by the book, the kid's not going to like like it so you kind of have to have everything like sprinkled in for the entire family that's very difficult as a television writer because you can't have i'm sorry i'm not going to be captivated if chase from paw patrol is on the case or not like i don't fucking care (laughs) so that's kind of the issue i have and like with paw patrol again it's mindless You're, you're, you're not really getting any substance now blues clues 
it has a little more like cognitive. I feel like those were the perfect blend. They were helpful. It's kind of like Barney and tell yeah. like there was some educational, but there was also mindless to it. And I felt yeah. like even some episodes were hardcore education based. And then you had episodes where it was like, okay, they had filler fluff and didn't have their best writers on. on yeah, staff. And I, I feel like that's kind of the thing, but I feel also that, you know, there's so many networks and there's so many just platforms. There's just so much overload. How are, how are you going to have good content for so many things? That's where I have the issue. And so that's why I understand why parents are overwhelmed because there's so many choices that, you know, these networks have to fill this time. And if you don't, then they lose sponsorships, they lose marketing, they lose jobs. Like it's this whole domino effect. And so as parents and as nannies and whoever's listening, you have to kind of weed through the shit to find out what what is actually worth your time. And for me, it's something that, you know, is kind of a good mix. And it all depends on the age of your kids too. Because for certain ages, like let's say infant Hell, there's a freaking baby channel yeah. on, you know, I think it's like, what, DirecTV maybe? Yep. Okay, so they have a baby channel. They go, they have like a star puppet that talks to you. Creepy as hell. But yeah. like, it's for babies. Yeah. Now, when you're getting to your older kids, it's like for preschool and toddlers. Well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about with your kids? What are you, what are you trying to, and here's the other thing. What are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to work letters and numbers? Are you yeah. trying to work social aspect? Are you trying to learn emotional aspects? Um, I, you know, we talk about Sesame Street a lot because any parent who asks me, hey, Shannon, what's your go-to show? That's the one I say. Yeah, I literally, I it doesn't matter what age you are. Sesame Street is the one to go to. It was the first thing that I told Andy, you know, when we sat and had the discussion, all right, she's going to get TV. I was like, if she's watching anything, it's going to be Sesame Street. Cause at least I know you're getting something good out of it. Yeah. Um, it was usually that or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, but dude, don't get me started on toodles. Toodles. My dad has a real problem with toodles. I have a problem with toodles with the face. Why'd you put a face on them? My dad thinks Toodles is is Mickey's bitch. Let's be real. Everyone's Mickey's bitch. <laughs> He's got us all saying, oh, Toodles. I mean, I'm yelling, oh, Toodles. <laughs> right? No, I, oh, Toodles with the face. I like the older Mickey Mouse Club, but I can't handle the Toodles with the face. That pisses yeah. me off. Yeah. So I'd rather, at that point, I'd rather watch Sesame Street. But I did, as soon as HBO Max came out and you got all 50 seasons, if you go back to that first season, holy fuck, Big Bird and everybody is scary. Yeah. They're all very like it, they don't become themselves until like two, three seasons in. Um, Even then, I mean, I have to say, I've rewatched some of the ones from like the 80s. And like Elmo was kind of like. Elmo you know, in the beginning, he was a little, he was a little weird. Because we've now, I have gone through all 50 seasons probably at least twice now. Wow. Um, because that was our usual like. If we're going to have background on, my husband does not like quiet. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he does not like quiet. So could, when could you have a little kid in your house? <laughs> I, you see no logic in that statement. Oh. Um, but his like thing he had to have in the background was, I was like, fine, you can have Sesame Street on. So we went through the seasons pretty fast, but 
it, a lot of people were like, oh, well, he made them these colors. I said, no, they went through an evolution. And actually, one of the Funko Pops we have is the original uh, Oscar was orange. He wasn't green. I totally forgot about that. I got in a really heated argument with someone recently about the non-use of the count. It was with me. That's was why. It? Yeah, it was, was with that, me. I think I got mad at someone else too. I was like really hot about this. No, you were. It was my episode about the count, and I, I the only reason why because I have it written right down here in my mouth. <laughs> Please bring up Marie's love of the count. I, I just get so pissed because I mean Sesame Street. Let's be honest, it's ABCs and one two threes, yeah. and you have the count. Why the hell would you limit his potential? Because like, why would we talked about this? It's because they There's have too so many characters. characters now, and they have to cycle through all of them to give different stories. And I think this is also too. I think with the pandemic and everything, they probably have different departments doing different characters and different setups. So they're trying, you know, in the long scheme of trying to plan out episodes, I'm sure they're like, okay, these two are going to have time. These two are going to have time. We can do this and put this together. So I understand the logic. So they're giving themselves more choices. But yes, the the count went through this like nice period of being like the baller count. And then like, then like Charlie came and took his day a whole day from him. And she became like the count. And then he like threatened to leave. That was a really sad episode. I really see like, that's the other thing too, is like, I can only handle Sesame Street if I'm like emotionally stable because their plot lines have gotten really deep. Oh, yeah. And and then they do those parodies of like, you know, pop culture, like different shows. That's how they got me is the pop culture. That's that's the thing. It's like they have they have these like amazing references. They had a Game of Thrones one not too long ago. And like so it's just I don't know. I don't I just I'm very conflicted because I love the count. I think he's hilarious. But why why we got elmo all the time like i don't know how elmo like stole the show elmo has his own late show too on hbo max i know and that's like irritating that's actually actually i'm gonna be honest with you late show is actually really good if you got if you need to kill 15 minutes before bath time and you need a little something it's elmo he brings on a guest and it's usually some celebrity right and then they play a game and then another celebrity musician comes out and plays a Sesame Street song sung by them. Mm, okay, I can get on board with that. And then that's the whole episode because Elmo's dad tells him he has to go to bed. Well, because he needs to. Yeah. Get to sleep, Elmo. Good night. Yeah. And Cookie Monsters is, is his side guy. Okay, yeah, I like that. Does Cookie Monster still have the food truck? All right, I don't know what it is about Gonger, but I think he is hands down my favorite character on Sesame Street. I love the whole foodie truck, foodie adventure thing with him and Cookie Monster. It's my favorite part of Sesame Street now. Well, that's the thing. It's like Cookie Monster is has always been consistent. And then whenever they were going to make him only eat vegetables and fruits, they I, I can't. I can't. Don't mess with a classic. That's my issue is like 
don't try to change these characters. Well, I like how with their with the new Gonker Cookie Monster food truck thing, they teach Cookie Monster where the food's coming from because Cookie Monster doesn't understand. I, so then kids are learning where these ingredients come from because you know everyone thinks peanut butter just comes out of the jar or milk comes out of the container, and you don't realize where your food comes from. And I mean, my daughter is lucky because my parents own a farm that she gets to see where the farm from table. But a lot of these city kids and uh, don't understand that hey it doesn't just magically appear at the grocery store like it came a whole long way it's true and i like that because i mean you're also teaching supply chain as every infant should know thinking back to shows i watched as a kid it's it's pretty hilarious like what passed as a television show like for children you know what i mean and I remember, like, what was that? The big comfy couch or big red couch? Big comfy couch with lunette. That's it. So there was that. Oh, man. My sister, I, I mean, I don't even remember the name of this, but she watched so many episodes of this Mother Goose tape. And yep. I'll have to have you, like, research this because this thing was fucked up. I got to say. Like, the Humpty Dumpty gave me nightmares, like, straight up. But... There were like shows like that because again, in the eighties and nineties, we didn't have like, you could just turn something on. There was no on demand. It was a VHS. Or it was whatever was on TV. So you were stuck watching whatever middle of whatever episode you had walked into. And it was during that era of like, that's when Jim Jim Henson and like the Muppets and like Mm -hmm. Fraggle Rock and all of those were coming, were making a comeback. The Muppet show was kind of, I, I loved me some Fraggle Rock. And that's, again, another strong, uh, strong intro song. Right. Uh, but I used to watch, I mean, I would do Muppet Babies, which has boomeranged back. Animaniacs, I, and also boom, oh, boomeranged all I, the way around. I can't bring myself to watch the reboot of Animaniacs. It's actually really good. We have an article. It? Yeah, she said it, they did do justice and it was really good. And she was. I was more thankful that they brought everybody back. Um, I went and saw them live. They did a live reading um, oh, a couple wow. of years ago when they had actually announced on that Hulu was going to do a reboot. And they were all really excited because they said, yeah, we kind of fought tooth and nail to make sure that everybody who was originally on the project got to be put back on the project and we were staying true to, to the roots. So, I mean, uh, you want to talk about a show where you turn your brain off. Wacko. Yakko. Uh, yeah. Like Wacko belching that song. I mean, like his belching symphonies and operas, that's Emmy worthy. I have to say that Wa- watching Rob Paulson do the States and state song or the, and oh. the country song or yeah, the country song um, live still is one of my favorite things I've I mean, ever seen because you, you, his mouth is just moving and how can you like mind blown? That's, I mean, that's, what's so cool about these shows is that, they're bringing him back, but I want them to bring him back with like integrity, not just to bring them back. And that's why I have to say, like the Muppet Babies, like the new one sucks. It, it's it's awful. And like they brought back Darkwing Duck. Like, why is he so like sinister? Ducktales is the only one I'm like, okay, like this is somewhat on the right path. Yeah. But a lot of them, yeah, you're right. A lot of these reboots that they're bringing back are just absolute. Free. Like, look at Blue's Clues. We're back with them. What a third, fourth guy? I don't know. I don't care. I, um, I just, I, I, and the thing is too is that they lose like the essence of what the show was supposed to be. And 
you can tell that there's been a lot of like production changes and a lot of director changes and show runner changes and different things like that. And I just cannot get on board with it. And that's why I think, you know, especially for parents that are looking for something that's consistent, you really do need to look at the shows that have been around for a long time, just because there's something to them because it's such it's such a revolving door with children's television that if something's been around for more than two or three seasons, they figured out what their niche is and it may be a good niche or it may be a brainless niche or, but they found something. So that's why I kind of recommend, like if you see a show that like, I don't know, SpongeBob's one of them, you turn your brain off and it's a great show to turn your brain off, but a show that's educational I mean, there's lots out there and I would have to lean more towards PBS yeah. just because PBS, that's been my channel it, Molly of the Nolly, you've got the- Arthur, you've got, um, oh, Xavier Riddle and the secret museum has become a huge favorite in our house to the point that we, they have a book series too. Oh, wow. That's cool. See, that's the other thing too. It's like when you find a show that a kid is interested in, then when they start reading, go get those books that have those characters Characters, because then it makes it a lot more enjoyable for the child because they're more engaged because they already know the character. And it's the same words that they would see in a Bob book. You know what I mean? And so it's a nice like little transition for a kid that maybe is like four or five that's learning their sight words. Like who cares if it's about SpongeBob or team Umi Zumi or like whatever, it's the same words that they would receive, but they're going to be more inclined to want to sit down and actually participate. Yes, exactly. And so that's why like, it's not a bad thing that your kid likes the niche shows. Um, because it's going to help in the long run. And well, it's just like the same, we can say the same thing about potty training or getting them to yeah. sleep in their own bed. Go buy character sheets that they love and let them Hell pick it up. Pick out the little treats and the little toys that are, that they love and things like that. Well, I mean, uh, use it to your advantage. Potty. Use the Elmo go potty book or whatever. Daniel go with potty. Like there's yeah. not even really toys out there. No, but there's like plenty of different ways that like children's television shows will motivate your kid in other ways in their in their lives. And I feel like, you know, with PBS, I feel like that's the that's the most safe choice, I guess, that I would say. And plus everyone has PBS available to them. Yeah. And so that's why I lean towards public television because one, I feel like those writers have a lot more credibility. Um, well, they it, have to create educational-based shows to keep up their funding. That, so they a, have to stay the straight and narrow. And they have Andy says, that's the safe, he says the same thing you said, that's our safe channel. I don't have to worry about what's going to mm-hmm. pop up next. I don't have to worry about these crazy commercials. And even if you yeah. have the PBS app on your, you know, you're using it streaming, mm-hmm. he goes, I don't even have to worry about that either. She can go through it and pick whatever, whatever she wants to watch and, and we're and, gone. And that's such a great, like almost relief for parents to be like, okay, my kid, I, I need a break. Like I need a break. What can my, I have my child watch and they can push buttons on this app and they can watch whatever it is. And it's not going to be anything where I'm like, oh my God, you know, yeah. and PBS is just one of those things where it's just the gold standard. It really is like, you have all these different shows that 
I mean, Splash and Bubbles is cute. Um, Arthur is tried and true. Yeah. I mean, again, has books. It's based yeah. on books. Pinkalicious, based on it's books. On book. Cliff- um, they've got Clifford. They've Clifford, got Cat in the Hat. Yep. Um, I mean, they have. I love Wild Kratts. I think Wild That's Kratts, one of our favorites. Yeah, that was. Wild- Wildcrats is probably one of the best children's shows out there. I, I honestly believe that. And the other show, too, that's really, really good that I feel like is it's lame, but it's uh, Super Y. I feel like Super Y is like a hidden gem almost because they they really do make it an engaging show. They break that fourth wall and they're like, what do you think? What do you say? What do you see? I found that one is an age thing. If you hit it right at that kindergarten where they're just about to do the sight word and we're just getting, that is the perfect show to help foster the lettering and things like that. Um, I also like rhyme time. Rhyme time's my jam. Word party has been a hit in our house. Learning yes, words, although the theme song after the twentieth time, I'm over it. Um, <laughs> and I also like how it's teaching her. Uh, they were doing Cantonese and they were learning Chinese and other languages. And I'm like, this is so cool that we're doing bilingual stuff because yeah. you don't really see very besides Sesame Street, which they do some episodes where they're learning different languages. Yeah, far and few. I mean, you can throw in. Dora. I don't count Dora. Dora is not really a, a good example. Um, there was another show that you, well, I mean, you can give Nancy Nancy and she'll teach you French. No, I'm good. Nancy Nancy's a little. Fan- yeah, no, fancy. I Word Party was my thing. Sesame Street, you can't go wrong with. No. Pig and Cat, I've liked for the math, like figuring it out. Um, once again, another one that has a book series. Uh, music. Marvel's not a. She's into music, but it only if it has a beat and it's ghetto. Um, Facts. Yeah, my girl. My girl likes a fat beat. Um, but when it comes to you know, but she didn't like uh Creative Galaxy or the Beat Bugs. She wasn't into those. I, we're about to dive into the things we absolutely hate, and I have to forewarn all of the people listening because we have strong opinions on the things we hate. And the reason why we hate them is because we have been subjected to many, many goddamn hours of these things. Oh, God, Um, yeah. And 90% of the time when I tell parents these strong opinions about these shows, it's because I'm saving them from the hours of, you know, torture and the thousands of dollars that they'll spend trying to hunt down stupid-ass merchandise. Uh, One that is a absolute goddamn law is fuck Caillou. Um, I was praising, I was praising the gods above the day I yeah when I sent out that when, message I'm like it's it's over I, I and again based on books I was so livid I started out I remember meeting this character Caillou when I worked in a daycare center back mm-hmm. in oh my god 2000. Four, five. Yep, that's when I met Caillou too, back and, in the early 2000s. And I was like, who is this bitch? Like, I was like, like, honest to God, I cannot handle these characters that just fucking whine all the time. Right. I didn't get my way. I didn't do this. That's a great example to set for a child. Ooh, if I whine enough, I'll get my fucking way. 
I can't. I just like I can't. So thank God, but R.I.P. Caillou, you son of a bitch. We'll see you later in hell. Ugh. It's right up there with now, not same level, but honestly, I can't look at Peppa Pig with a straight face. All I see is penises. Like literally, I have been subjected to so many hours of Peppa Pig, and all I can do is laugh. And the parents are like, "Oh, you like Peppa Pig?" I'm like, "No, I just think it's ridiculous looking," but. After being watched, after watching set episodes, I can tell you that she's just a big as whiny bitch as Caillou is. She, it, yes, I feel like again, Peppa Pig started out with a a bit of merit, and then as she became more popular, it was just the the wheels came off. The wheels came yeah. off, and I just, but I have to say. With my nanny kids, I taught them the one episode that's like viral or whatever about her not being able to whistle. Yep. And I recreate it all the time because if I'm just like about to lose my mind, they know that, you know, Miss Marie's about to do Peppa Pig. And my British accent, I have to say, is up there with like Helen Mirren. Like I'm that good. <laughs> So I will go and I'll be like, Susie Sheep, do you know how to whistle? (laughs) (laughs) And And I'll just be walking around the house just yelling about knowing how to whistle. I can't look. I don't know how you can design a character that looks like that and not and not go. Oh, yeah, it looks like a it doesn't look like a penis. That looks straight up like a penis. End of story. It it is. It, yeah, it's pretty phallic. It is. I mean, it, it's it's pretty funny because a lot of cartoon characters, I swear, come from very repressed artists, and they're just they're just drawing what they haven't seen. They're just yeah. drawing, they're just drawing what they're dreaming of. <laughs> Any cartoon that has an annoying ass character, I feel like it just sticks. Because they're so annoying that they just like create this like almost earworm effect that you just can't shake them. It's like Paw Patrol and PJ Masks. It's like I uh, I like you guys, I can handle you guys, but only one episode a day. Like That's, I can't. That yeah. nothing more. Thankfully, I have managed to escape Coco Melon and Blippi's um, grasps. Oh, Blippi! Uh, I, yeah, I can't. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a big Blippi fan. I, I'm not either. And I, the whole mom subculture around Blippi, I don't know if you're, you like, you've heard it, of this whole it, subculture with yeah, Blippi. It's, it's a little weird and I don't get it. And yeah, no, I mean, I, I hear he does great things and has some educational videos, but is it what I want? Here's my problem. It's on YouTube and I yeah. can't control YouTube that, anymore. I can't trust YouTube. Yeah. And parents will ask me, oh, do you put, no, I do. I would never, ever put youtube even on my kids device no, i would rather do pbs app something like that those kind of games um because anybody can stick something in there and then you're in a situation where the kid like i've had the nanny kids come to me and go i got on something i wasn't supposed to because it was on a playlist or something like that yeah. and they didn't realize you know what i'm trying to say and thank god they were being honest and everything but some of them were scarring and they saw things that they weren't supposed yeah. to see that were violent or whatever and it, that's why no nothing on youtube um and the coco melon i don't get it i really don't No, i just think that's just dumb in all honesty i think it's just dumb but i i don't know like there's a couple shows where 
I feel like if you watch it, it, it kind of fills time, <laughs> but it's not like you're going to get anything out of it. Now, a show that I just, I, I absolutely loved this show and I actually have to do a shout out because I am Instagram friends with DJ Lance Rock from Yo Gabba Ooh. Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm, my nanny kids weren't into it, but it, I had one family that was, and it, I thought it was really cool. I liked it. It had that Sesame Street vibe where that's they brought exactly, on all the celebrities. That's, that's what exactly I liked about it. it. And I think too is I actually this like my first nanny kids. I started with them when they were two, and I remember it was literally like three months after Yo Gabba Gabba debuted on Nickelodeon, and I was like, "We need to get on this boat. Like, we this is going to be big. We need it. We yeah. need to jump on this." I mean, their grandparents got all this GABA swag. And I mean, all, just, it was amazing. They had GABA birthdays. Amazing. And I kept that trend alive. I even got, okay, I have to tell, I have to tell this story because it's pride amazing. moment. Okay. So I got to go see GABA live in Pittsburgh and I was on the floor. I've never been on a floor for any show in my life. So I was like immediately starstruck. So during the second half of the show, after the intermission, the characters came from the back of the auditorium. I got to touch Broby. <gasps> like this hand no brushed his fur. And it's just, I don't know. And like the, the songs that they have, I mean, don't bite your friends, you know? <laughs> I feel that I feel like that should be on the radio so that we all can remind ourselves don't bite our friends. Don't bite your friends. And there's a party in your tummy. So yummy. So yummy. Yummy. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Like there are so many good songs. And then they had like Weezer and Devo. And they even had like My Chemical Romance on there. They had Elijah Woods, I remember at one point. He was the puppet. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that was right in the middle. He was doing uh, what was that show on FX? Uh, Wilf- Wilfred or oh yeah, the one with the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like yeah. in that in that time scene. Yeah, I was but, like, yeah, you're on Yo Gabba Gabba, and that's the kind of show you're on right now. Great cross promotion. Oh there. yeah, they had so like they had Jack Black on. Yeah, like came into Gabba Land. I mean, again, the show is crazy. But the kids actually took stuff away from it. So it was actually legitly good. It was legit good. And I'm kind of sad that it was canceled because it was really cool. Apparently, it's like super popular in Australia. Which doesn't surprise me no. because it's like it's like Bluey is here. And then I had to find out that we are like half a season behind. And now we're just starting to get the ep- like we just started. Friday nights drops new Bluey episodes in our Ooh, house. Nice. Best night ever. And it's three seven minute episodes. So it's like the <sighs> best time before bath that we could possibly ever have. I mean, that's pretty sick. That's, right. Yeah. But there's awesome. very few like new ones that I can uh, grasp on. Um, some new ones that I found because of Marvel. Uh, don't know if you've seen puff and rock on yeah. Netflix. But it's about a little puffin family, a sister and a uh, two sisters, and they're puffins, and it's uh, made in Ireland. Ooh, and are they, they Irish? Have, yes, they have little accents. Oh, and I love it. 
and it, the little sea creatures all work together and sometimes they have different problems with the different animals that live on their rock and how they are you know an ecosystem and stuff like that well that's, Same- an, that's educational I like that one. And also Tumbleleaf, which is on Amazon Prime, because I know like a lot of parents are like, oh, I only have Amazon. Oh, I only have Hulu. Well, I'm going to try and give you all choices I can. Yeah. Uh, Tumbleleaf is like clay animation. Um, It's beautifully done. I really, really like it. I don't know if it's like high on educational value, but it's one of those mindless, beautiful pieces where, yeah, sometimes you learn a good lesson tied in there. I mean, that's kind of nice, though. I like the shows where they don't, like, kind of, you know, smack you across the face with, like, all these, like, life lessons. You know, they're kind of, like, hidden gems, and it's kind of, like, talking to the kid afterwards. It's like, what did you get from that episode? Like, I kind of like that, because it's like, if you're a parent or a caregiver, you should kind of be cognizant of what the kid is listening to. (laughs) Like, I'm just kind of... You yeah, know, wild idea that you should yeah. know what your kids are watching, <laughs> but that's that's kind of my thing. I've never been one, especially as a nanny, to have the television as a babysitter because I'm being paid to, to take be care the of the babysitter. Her. Yeah, like, I'm like I'm their nanny. Like I shouldn't have like an assistant. Um, yeah. so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Now, there's a lot of shows that are just fucking terrible. Um. I <laughs> just like they I- are they're mindless filler like if it's not here's my thing I figure if it's really really like it's got a franchise and it's easily accessible it's probably not the greatest it, it, content wise it, it's probably one of those like we said just kind of like filler shows and you know I think Disney's very good at this. Disney is a machine. Um, I mean, you got to face it. Disney has a formula and it works. I mean, but there's only honestly, to be honest, now that I think about it, because I'm sitting here and my brain is kind of spinning on this conversation. Disney plus kid wise literally only has Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Mm -hmm. and Bluey. Yeah, I mean, they have, what is it? They have the princess show. They have Sophia, I think, and Elena, don't they? They do, but it's but it's not, like- it's filler. It's not, once again, if you're talking about, like, I consider Bluey one of those social educational shows. Yeah. Um, it's a lot about how we deal with people in real life. And I love that the, the stories that they bring. And um, the reason why my husband and I laugh so hard is because it's relatable as a parent. It's not only a child lesson, but you're reminded of things as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, they're not going to be this young forever. Today is the day to just go play in the in the sprinklers and in the puddles and enjoy life yeah um because life's too short um but those other they're fillers yeah no i'm with they're not there's not anything to it other than i'm entertaining your kid for 30 minutes with a story and and that's kind of the problem i have is that disney i feel like when when we were kids they had at least like a hint of something um and that may just be because Disney only had one channel and yeah. they didn't have to create all this content. Um, I think that's the problem is yes, there is so much content. There's so much of it, but the problem being is that you really 
have to search for it. And the stuff that really is good is not going to be aired as often. No. And so like, you know, the blueies and the Sesame street. Now that was the thing that pissed me off about Sesame street going to HBO is that like Sesame street should be still, I mean, it is still on PBS, but you have to wait for the new ones to come on. But here's the thing with, and the only reason I will back up. Yes. That pisses me off because there's a lot of kids who aren't getting the new episodes as fast, but by HBO taking on Sesame street, you can, you know, when you watch through the seasons, the episode, when they got HBO money, because the, whole, the, the quality That's and the amount of s- stuff going in and stuff like that, it's like, okay, well now I'm not really mad at having to pay. Like we get HBO through or HBO max free through our subscription with Xfinity and stuff like that. So we're oh. not really out any extra money or anything like that, but if I'm going to get Sesame street to be even better. All right. I'll wait an extra week just because I know they've now they're getting that extra funding. They're getting this extra money movie and being able to pull kind of big celebrities because, Hey, you're already in a contract with HBO and we're promoting your show. Now, can you show up to Sesame street? Um, And those celebrities are idiots. If they say no, I mean, who wouldn't want to come on Sesame street? Look at Lin-Manuel Miranda and did all those songs and everything and the episodes and the characters and all that kind of stuff. It's just, now I think about the right. I don't know if you saw Ryan Reynolds tweet, a parent had brought up him being uh, captain a or the, A. he was like the letter a, and he like made a parent joke and all of us parents were laughing. We're like, yes. Thank you for being a real parent. That's the thing. I feel like these people who are writing the good shows, they get it. They get that parenting is difficult and they get that parents need a break and they'll throw in their little like jabs here and there. And that's funny because, you know, and that's why like bad TV shows irritate me so much because there's no effort being put in. There's like no care for who's watching the show. Parent, kid, doesn't matter. Yeah. To them. They just want to churn out all these like shitty scripts and this computer animation that looks so bad. And it's just, I can't take it. And that's why like I'm kind of sad there aren't more live action shows. And it's just because of cost. Yep. Like, I mean, they even had like Fresh Beat Band was a show back in the day. I didn't mind it. I was kind of, again, like for kids that are more musical, that was a perfect show for them. them. Yeah. But because it's live action, it's going to cost the network more money. And so that's where I kind of get irritated is that like, if you want to have a show that's all about math or a show that's all about science or a show that's anything remotely educational, it's going to fall through the cracks because it's not going to be a draw. It's not going to make as much money. And so that's why they have to create these dumbass characters that are just going to talk about, Oh, someone's shoes on the roof. How are we going to save the day? And it's just, I, I can't. Like, well, I- not only that it's, you know, not even before, you know, Oh, COVID caused this, but the, the house oh, before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. But these shows aren't being promoted. That's my point mm-hmm. is, is that they're not being promoted. Like they are the Halloween movies. Yeah. There's occasionally a few franchise kids movies that make it out of the gate. We're like, Oh yeah. You know, we're going to go see this. I mean, 
would we if we heard Raya and the Last Dragon and it wasn't attached to Disney's name, would you be going out and seeing it? No. No. The only reason we're going to see. Yeah. So it has to have it. It they're playing a fine game here of trying to make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. This is actually something I see really commonly in my childcare consulting, you know, sessions, parents are trying to come to terms with the amount of TV their kids have watched. There's some families where they've kept up the no screen time rules over the last years. Some have edged into one episode a day. And then you have some families where both adults are working full time, trying to keep a roof over their head and food on the table. So the TV has kind of became that babysitter. And that's not to shame them because we're at the end of the day, we're all trying to survive here. If anything, I hope this episode gives parents the reality check that they probably should be looking into what their kid is viewing television wise if they're worried about what their kid is watching and looking for more educational or better options hopefully this episode has given you guys a few tv shows to try out also to remember that this too shall pass we will not be in pandemic forever the kids will go back to school things will get back to normal the kids will not be in front of the tv 24 7 like they have the last 365 days everything will balance itself out everything in moderation it will be okay. It'll be okay. And again, like, I mean, just kind of educate yourself as best you can. I mean, I know you don't want to like be looking at articles of what's the hot TV show and whatnot, but just be cognizant of what your kid's watching. And yeah. a lot of it is, you know, kind of thinking back to when you were a kid and what did you watch when you were a kid and what was something your parents kind of encouraged because there is such a vault. That's the kind of catch on all of this is that there's so much available. A lot of what's available is stuff that we watched in the vintage. Past. Yeah. Yes. You and just so have to find it, especially like on Amazon, they're having these passes where you can get the whole, all of the seasons and you can watch all of them. Why don't you yeah. sit down with your kid and have that moment of the bonding? Like you sat on the couch with your parents and did, um, you bring up a great point, just being cognizant of what your kid is watching. A lot of us are just so sit down on the couch, turn on the TV, and then we're sucked into our own phone. Okay, what is your kid watching? What is your kid interested in? They don't have to be an infant. They don't have to be five. They could be a grown teenager. What is your kid watching? Are they watching CW TV shows? The Arrow? Are they, are they into anime? What have that connection with and, them. And that's the thing too, is that I have to say one of the things I really do enjoy is putting on Food Network and watching oh my gosh, yes. shows. Like I love cooking shows. And I mean, my, my nanny girls, they love kids baking championship, but we'll turn on like anything. I remember when my, my nanny kids were like infants I used to have barefoot Contessa Ina Garden on all the time and pioneer woman because it's not going to cause any harm. And again, they're learning about food. They're learning about measuring. Bob Ross. That's what Marvel gets caught on Bob Ross because PBS on the weekends yes. is a little short. So we'll, Andy will come her, you know, we'll be trying to get things ready, throwing things in the hamper and everything. It'll come around the corner. He goes, Oh, are we learning some painting today with Bob Ross? Are you making happy trees today, Marvel? And it's really cute because usually then, She'll turn around, go run to her closet where she knows her paints and her boxes are, Aww. and then ask to paint. So it's like, I know she's making that connection of, oh, I saw that guy paint. Now I want to paint and, and do these things. And that's the thing too. It's like you and your husband 
have memories of watching Bob Ross as a child. And it's just, it's kind of interesting. You know, it literally is the circle of life of, you know, television, because there are certain shows that I watch with my niece that make me laugh hysterically because I watched them as a child and we're able to rehash them and it's really fun and it's really nice. Same with Disney movies. I've watched Disney movies like nobody's business as a kid because I have a little sister and she's eight years younger than me. So of course I'm going to be, Oh yeah. Aladdin. Oh yeah. Beauty and the beast and all of this. And I was such a sucker for those live action ones. Cause I was like, beauty and the beast is my shit. And I'm going to watch yeah. this. Huh? So that's, the but it's thing. cool to see their, even their takes because you know, yeah. we have the things we love and like we were just talking earlier in the episode, I, Marvel has Disney plus we usually it, her new thing is is we ask her what she wants to watch and usually she'll sit there for a second and she'll go oh no 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 and literally wave her hand and everything like oh no 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 Marvel do you want Cinderella oh no 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 oh my do you God. want this oh no 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 do you want cars mm, oh no 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 <laughs> <laughs> and so it's funny to figure and then you get to like Zootopia Moana cars usually is if she's gone through all of them then and tangled because it's got a horsey in it oh there you go those are the ones and it's so funny because none of those movies me and andy like we're like really those are your choices like if we had to go on a guess like on a show and had to guess your favorite movie you never would have guessed it never would have thought those for you kid and never ever and that's what's so crazy is that when you would watch a a movie as a kid certain scenes almost stick with you. And as watching them with an adult, you kind of have that same reaction as if you were like six again. Like I remember when Jafar like pushed Aladdin down into that ditch as the cave was, you know, collapsing yep. and I was watching and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> you yep. have that same, it's like that same reaction. And it's really funny because the kid next to me is kind of like, Oh, bye Aladdin. <laughs> like, I just don't care. So it, it's kind of cool that all of these things are boomeranging back, but you just have to be smart about what you're putting in front of your kid. No. And there are choices. I mean, there's plenty, again, there's plenty, plenty of choices. choices, but there's a difference between knowing age appropriate. Like we were talking, yeah. if your kid is not age appropriate for Deadpool, don't go to take him to see Deadpool and, and, and to each their own. I mean, if you guys want to show your kid Marvel movies and things like that, cause I did have nanny kids who were in that beginning Marvel phase who probably were a little too young yeah. to be starting to watch Marvel. But as their parents said, once we were on the train, we couldn't really stop it. Yeah. Um, and, and the mom was really nice. She's like, yeah, we screwed them. We're sorry. We're just going to have to keep going with it. And, and but it brought up the discussion of you know when bad languages or certain situations would come up um i know they they joke because i went on honeymoon and, and they saw us i went on honeymoon and the boys convinced them to go see suicide squad and the whole harley quinn scene they were i mean preteen boy you know oh boys is boy. everything so then they had to have the whole discussion about this is not appropriate oh, and everything oh like that and stuff like that but the mom says, where else were we going to have these open, just these discussions and stuff like that. So it kind of opened these doors of, Hey, you're not supposed to allow to use this language. Um, you know, you're not allowed to do these kind of things. And, um, these are not appropriate. This is only movie, you know, pretending. And so you kind of have to gauge once again, what is appropriate? 
what is your gonna kid is your kid one of those gullible kids who literally believes everything probably not the best idea to take them to some of these movies where they could be easily influences yeah that's that's the issue too is that i think you know when we in the 90s the batman movies were not like oh titanic you were a cool kid if you saw titanic because 95 percent of the other class was allowed to watch titanic Mm mm-hmm and so we would all be those kids who would be like, did you see Titanic? What happened to Titanic? And the kids who saw Titanic, you knew because they didn't tell anybody else what happened in Titanic. I'm with you. I remember it was a big deal to watch the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. <gasps> my favorite. Oh, that my was, God, that was that a was good a, one. That was a big deal. The Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Romeo and Juliet, that was, that was a very, very big deal. Yeah. But. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like every generation has their own kind of set of this was what we watched. This is what we yeah. understood. This is what our standards were. Yeah. And it's kind of like the old Disney movies where now they have to put the the like warning in the beginning. Yep. Like, yeah, we made this a long time ago, but it hasn't aged very well. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. And I mean... I I joke, but my dad, he loves watching like reruns of the Munsters and, you know, different like very like watch Perry Mason and all of these different shows where, you know, a lot of those things were kind of like, ooh, back in the 60s. And you watch them now and you're like, what's the big deal? Like, Like, it's just kind of like when Madonna first came out, you know, and now you see how that's changed. It's just. everything kind of has an evolution and you kind of have to roll with it and everyone's standards are different and that's tv shows man tv shows some parents are going to be like yes my children can go see these movies and other parents are like no i don't think that's appropriate that's been since the beginning of time time just be real like there were always the parents that like there this is a great example there's parents that don't allow their children to have candy And then whenever they become adults and go off to college, all they do is gorge themselves in candy. So I feel like you have to have this happy medium with television and movies and you can't, you can't shelter your children. No, but I feel like you have to be smart enough to know, is this appropriate for a six-year-old? Is this appropriate for a 12-year-old? You know, common sense is neat. (laughs) really i could say the same thing about book you know book as a nanny you know this some kids read exponentially high above their reading level for their ages now i had one of those kids where it was a preteen but we're reading at high school level what the hell do you give a kid who's that age who's reading at that level that's okay now we have to start having discussions like we're gonna let you read this book but this topic's gonna come up this is you know and once again cognizantly being aware that yeah this is what my kid is ingesting and knowing okay i'm gonna have to google this i'm gonna have to watch it or if you're not sure then watch it and google it before you give permission you don't have to give them an answer right then and there that's that's kind of where i feel like you you gotta give yourself a break as a parent because you're not going to have the answer the moment a child asks you and you have to research. And like Shannon said, you have to take some time and be like, okay, you want to, you want to watch this. Oh, you want to read this. 
let me get back to you in a day or so, so I can look at this or make sure is this appropriate or not? Because I honestly feel like, yeah, the kid's going to be mad at you if you, if they, if you say no. Yeah. But if you give them a reason why it's a completely different story. And that's as a nanny being a nerd, that's what most of them were coming to me is Shannon. We know you've seen this. We know you're researching it. We know you're interviewing these people. Is this say is this something I should take the kids? Should I say no. yes? Should I say no? And um Deadpool is the one I bring up because you have no idea how many parents are like, oh yeah, I bought tickets to go see Deadpool. And the kid's like eight or nine. And I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, the kids said it was a week ago. It's rated R. What part of this did you not understand? And, and, and I'm not gonna judge you because you can go once again as a nanny. I am not the parent, not my circus, not my monkeys, not my problem kind of thing. Yeah. But at what point do you go? All right. That's, that's kind of where the catch is. It's, it's, you are not the final stop as a nanny, but as a parent, you are. Yep. And sorry, you're going to be the bad guy. If you watch something or you read something and you're like, huh, Maybe my kids shouldn't do this, but yeah. it holds more clout if you've taken the time to make an educated decision and aren't just now, now, no. now, now. Like you no. have to make it like you're respecting them because they care about something and they want to engage in something. So if you're going to put forth the energy to look up and do what you need to do and you're finally like, I'm sorry, I can't let you read this. I can't let you watch this. And you say X, Y, Z, they're going to feel respected because you actually cared about what they were doing and you put forth an effort and you're like, oh, you care about this. That's really cool. But sorry, this just isn't right for you right now. Now, But in a couple years, we can come let's back. watch it yeah yes. no the bo- the boys i nanny they're like all right we have to wait till we're 18 to see deadpool and they're like counting down the days till they turn 18 oh just so they can watch God. they're gonna be so fucking disappointed when they turn 18 and watch deadpool which knowing these boys they probably have seen it at one of their friend's house or oh, something you know like that know. at this point you know but i'm just it. thinking in my head wow you guys that's what you're gonna aspire to you want to see deadpool at 18 you're gonna be so <laughs> effing disappointed with ryan reynolds penis in this one <laughs> i think that's the other thing too it's like i remember movies as a kid where it's like oh my gosh it's so scandalous it's so this and then you watch it as an adult you're like really like <laughs> no my i i my favorite story of of all is that my dad and I used to watch South Park like when it came out like way back in the day when it was super tame I was in seventh grade and the South Park movie came out and I was like dad I really want to see this like I I have to see this and he was like oh okay okay and so he took me and uh yeah my dad was just he was so appalled with himself that he let me go see that And he didn't think to Google it or anything like that. This was before Google, man. This was. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, this was what, 1998, 99. So, 
That's almost as bad as my husband and I's first date was Brokeback Mountain and he didn't know it was bro- what Brokeback Mountain was about. Like it was the first week it came out and thinking he was going to take this nice girl out on a nice artsy date to see a movie about cowboys. Oh man, we got it halfway through that movie and we, I still laugh to this oh, day at the wow. look of his face walking out of that theater. He was like, oh my gosh, well, she's that, never going to talk to me again. And guess what? 15 years later, I landed him. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, Cowboys, and now we're on the Funkos. I mean, it's so what a what a life. Oh my really. god! But yeah, oh my and, god. And everybody has a story where you're kind of like, should I have watched that? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Marie, I love you, and I'm so glad you got to come and play with me Aww. today. Ah, like this has been one of my favorite conversations, and uh, now we're gonna have to have Tessa come back, and we'll have both of you. Uh, talk nerd with me at some point again this year because i love both of you guys i mean so so much tessa definitely is is your more uh wizards and dragons and who's it's and what's it star wars yeah yeah she's you guys are like the perfect blend though of nerd and like it it was so funny because when we were on your guys podcast i was just like we're all talking about nerds i'm like do you know how rare it is for me to talk shop nanny and talk nerds? Because I started a game of nerds from my hospital bed and and realized, okay, I can't go get a doctor in physical therapy. I'm going to be a nanny. I built TGON while being a career nanny. Um, I Childcare is my thing. And being able to wear all my hats and blend a beautiful podcast episode like this, you've made my week, girl. Girl! I'm happy. I'm happy to be on your podcast. I'm honored. I'm absolutely honored, especially since I got to talk about television. I mean, I wanted to be a writer for TV when I graduated from from Pitt. So I still got that. I still got that BA. (laughs) Hey, girl, you know, you always got a home here at the Game of Nerds to, to come play and hang out with us. Where can our listeners stalk you, follow you, get all your latest projects? Okay, so we are at Shenanigans Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, And then you can follow me if you want. I'm at Nanny Sprinkles on Instagram. I have you a, get lots of pictures of of butters. Yeah, you get lots of pictures of my corgis. You get lots of pictures of my antics as a nanny. Um, the occasional selfie where I actually look like a human being and not like a corpse. So you know, it's it's all in good fun. <laughs> so. Hey, you're just like me. Once again, you're my people because nowhere else can I send you text messages or, you know, messages through Instagram and go, Ooh, that looks really stupid. Or have you seen this? Oh my God. The the thing about the coffee creamer this week about my bosses getting me cinnamon toast crunch coffee creamer. I was like, this is like the best day of my life. Oh my gosh. No, you don't understand me. I have a whole chat room of moms talking about coffee bait flavors because that's the kind of exciting life I fucking leave. And and I turn on and I'll just be sitting after work and watching reels on Instagram about people drawing faces on their nostrils and then leaving it to music and making it oh my like they're singing. This is my life. This is my life right now. You know, you can also find me on OutSchool too. I'm teaching on OutSchool. Oh, please. If you've got kids and you need them to be entertained, 
please sign up. She's a great teacher and you get to have like nanny sprinkles in your house basically I, without having to be in the cold of Pittsburgh. This is true. I'm in Pittsburgh. It's, it's hella cold right now. <laughs> it's really cold. I, and I'm in California. It was raining this morning. It's kind of nice outside now. So uh, no, but beauties of living on two different coasts. Uh, yeah, I guess, man. Pittsburgh is, yeah, it's quite frigid, but yeah, you can, you can find me on OutSchool. So yeah, it's it's a good awesome. time. Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me on this episode of the Game of Nerds podcast. You can catch all of our children's television and movies recommendation along with the latest nerd news and reviews from video games, books, movies, television, cosplay, and more at thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube as The Game of Nerds. You can subscribe to the Game of Nerds podcast on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Remember, when you you play for the game of nerds you either level up or respawn